0: on this episode of the advanced foundations podcast free indeed is a journey to wholeness and healing as you walk in the victory of all christ paid for at the cross okay turn if you will to chapter two and i want to finish here talk about the really about receiving and embracing the holy spirit the power of freedom is really the holy spirit i like to give an example i played baseball and I pitched, and I didn't know at that time, I, I threw as hard as I possibly could throw and uh, threw my arm out. And uh, by my shoulder, it feels like there's gravel in there. It rolls around, there's lots of little parts. My elbow is crooked, and I can, I don't know if you can't hear it, but I can, it pops. And, um, but I threw as hard as I could because I didn't know any better that it doesn't come from your arm strength. All your all the nearly all the sports that are that you have to move around it comes from your legs and your midsection. And I threw as hard as I could, it just threw my arm out completely. But if you notice, some of the uh, baseball players, especially some of the pitchers, they're really, some of them are pretty big boys and they got big legs and big midsection. And someone will tell you, it's like having the love of the Father and identity in Christ and the power of the Spirit. And when you have that foundation you can withstand the storms of life. When you know God loves you and you know that you're a child of God and the power of the Spirit, listen, storms are gonna come. It didn't say they're not coming. It says the issue is not the storm. The issue is what kind of foundation do you have? Are you built upon a rock or are you built upon the sand? But we need to understand that the power of the love and that foundation, but we need the power of the Spirit. And that's what Jesus said, Acts 1.8 don't you go until you're endued with power from up on high You'll be my witnesses now he just got to he's got to tell him to go and what so is he confused he said go go make disciples of all nations and he says but don't go until you're endued with power why because we need the power of the spirit in our lives the enemy fights this too why because he doesn't want you to be empowered to do what he's called us to do Uh I didn't know anything about the Holy Spirit. I grew up in church. We preached Jesus, and I thank God for the church I grew up in. I didn't have a problem believing in Jesus that He died for my sins. Uh, I didn't have a, a problem believing in quote Father God, because my father was at least there. He, he, like I said earlier, wasn't like a loving deal, like I'm hugging and sitting in his lap, but he was there. His presence. So I had I had a good father, and I thank God for my father. But the, about the Holy Spirit no concept at all whatsoever. It was just, you know, I don't know. There was no, I had no nothing. And so, as I said, in, in August of 82, I'm at a meeting with James Robinson, and he begins to talk about reading the scripture and talk about healing and deliverance and all this kind of stuff, and I'm going, but I never heard any of this kind of stuff. And literally, they prayed for us to be filled with the Spirit. So I get Prayed for her to be filled with the Spirit. You know what that is. But everything began to change in my life, and the Word of God came alive. And I read my Bible. I grew up reading the Bible, but all of a sudden, it was—I had a whole new Bible. And then the love of the Father was not something that somebody had to. You need to pray to get that. It just dropped in. And so, before that time, if somebody said, "Are you born again?" I go, "Yes." I go, "Why?" Do you know you're born again? Because I prayed a prayer and I walked the aisle and I got baptized. And I'm a member of the church. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I prayed that prayer. I know I'm I'm born again. You know something? After August of 82, receiving the power of the Spirit, the baptism of the Spirit, I wouldn't answer that question the same way anymore. See, I'd answer that question, I know because the Spirit bears witness with my spirit that I'm a child of God. And it's not that I wasn't. It's just that what God wants us to do, He doesn't want us to be. He wants us to be fully empowered sons and daughters of God. He wants us to be little Christ right here, doing exactly what He did, and and follow His pattern. What was His pattern? He received the Holy Spirit, came upon Him. The Father spoke, said, "You're my beloved Son, and you, I'm well pleased." Jesus said, "That's right. I am. I'm ready to go. Let's go." And he went out, and he did Luke 4, 18 and 19. He preached the gospel to the poor. He healed the brokenhearted. He preached deliverance to the captives, restored sight to the blind, set at liberty those who oppressed and proclaimed the favorable year of the Lord. That's what he did. He did that all the way to the end, and then he goes to the cross, and he pays for our victory with his life and with his shed blood, sealing forever that victory. Isn't that amazing? So, the bottom line is, you can look through here. We're not going to read all these passages, but who is the Holy Spirit? Well, He's God. He is God with us. Turn the page. It says He's our helper. Uh, the word paraklete, it refers to a it's the Greek word representing the Holy Spirit, but basically it means helper, comforter, strengthener, standby, intercessor. The word means para, to come alongside, but really, what Jesus said is that, look, if I go to the Father. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to you, and he is one just like me. He's another like me. Why? Because it, it's him in the Spirit. It's not separate beings. No, it, it's God in the Spirit. He is Spirit. He's living in us. Jesus tells his disciples, he says, it's good that I go away, for if I don't go away, Holy Spirit can't come. I'm sure his disciples are going, no, nah, I don't think so. I don't believe that. He goes, yeah, it is, because I can only be God in the flesh, can only be one place at one time. But God in the Spirit is going to come and live in you. So I'm not going to just come and live beside you. I'm going to come and live in you. But I got to go to the cross and do what I've called to do. Go to the Father so the Holy Spirit can come and He can live in you. Isn't that amazing? That's where we are. So the Holy Spirit comes to live in us, He He helps us. He strengthens us. Uh, I don't think we fully understand that he is an ever-present help in time of need. That's an Old Testament scripture, but the reality is he doesn't come and go. He's not leaving because we do something bad. And and what we got to learn how to do is learn how to develop the relationship with the Spirit who lives in us, who doesn't come and go. People say, I don't know where God is. Uh, well, you know, well, unless you, if you're born again, he's 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 in here. <laughs> quit quit going out there looking around for something. No, he's in here. Uh, learn how to through Scripture, you know, to allow the Spirit to work in our lives. He he doesn't come and go because we act bad. You we think, well, I really was bad today. Okay, well, he's outside waiting on you till you get your act together. No. He doesn't doesn't do that. He loves us. So he's our comforter. He's our helper. He's our strengthener. We need to learn how to develop that relationship with him on an intimate level. He's the teacher. Number three, here's the spirit of truth. What's amazing is is that he reveals things to us. So you invite the Holy Spirit to teach you, lead you, guide you, direct you in the truth. It says that the things that have been freely given to us, that God reveals them by the spirit uh, to us. And so it's the Spirit that leads us into truth. Uh, the next page there, that's 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Um, but the bottom line is the, the Holy Spirit is God, and He lives in us. He is the Spirit of adoption that we read about in Romans eight fifteen. It's the Spirit that bears witness with us that we're children. And that's why it's so important to really fully embrace the Holy Spirit. Uh, receiving the Spirit, the next page there, receiving the Spirit to me... Is literally um, it's life changing, and I say it this way: what I try to describe, because again, I had no framework of reference to understand the Holy Spirit, so I try to explain to people. I said it's like, and I did grow up watching an old black and white TV, by the way, and it was not good, and it and the sound wasn't very good. So all of a sudden, what receiving the Spirit does is like all of a sudden watching the, you know, the high definition. Now it's 5G, whatever that is, you know, surround sound. Not that the image has changed. It's just that the, whoa, wow, colors and everything is different. And that's what it was like receiving the Spirit. It was like, uh, another way I described it, it's like driving on Central Expressway in rush hour traffic. You're not moving very fast. And somebody just picked my car up and dropped it on the Indianapolis 500. There I go. I mean, it's, everything changed in my life. And, um, you know, I got prayed for. Uh, I had no real manifestations of, of sometimes of speaking in tongues, speak, uh, prophecy, all kinds of stuff. What I got was revelation of the love of the Father. I mean, just poof, just hit me. I just knew he loved me. Wasn't something that somebody had to share with me or get in prayer line for that. But it it changed everything about me. I wanted to know. You know, to be really honest, I, I remember going, wow. I mean, there were four couples of us that had gone to the meeting, and all of us got majorly impacted, and we were all grasping for words of what really happened. Uh, you know, and everybody had a different opinion, and, and we were just going, wow. I mean, whatever it was, it was major. Uh, and by the way, all four couples are still serving the Lord today, and that was in August of 1982. And we're all of us are still majorly changed because of really, you can call it the baptism of the Spirit, the infilling of the Spirit, whatever you want to call it, but it was, it was what changed our, our lives forever and never been the same. And so it's the power of the Spirit that God wants us to have. He wants you to have that. He wants you to live that way. And it's not doing something, but I remember I just told the Lord, Lord, I don't, I've never, this is on you to me. It's gifts of spirit. I don't know anything about them, but I want everything you've got. And if you got something I don't know about, I want that too. Because you're a good father. You give good gifts. And what I've experienced so far, if you got more of that, I'll take more of that. And if i got to go stand on my head in the corner, I'll go stand on my head in the corner because I want everything you've got. And and I still feel that way. If there's still something I don't have that you've got for me, I want it. Because he's a good Father. Look at the next page there, page 27 at the top. See, Jesus is our example. You want to know what to live, how to live, what to do? Well, look at Jesus. Uh, The Holy Spirit came upon Jesus. Again, it was not a born-again experience. He was being empowered by the Spirit, an example. He didn't need to be water baptized, per se, but he was, so that he left an example for us. Holy Spirit came upon him, and the terminology that Luke wrote, the book of Luke, and he wrote the book of Acts, and he used that terminology. Uh, Bill Johnson says it's a spirit in you for you, and a spirit on you for others. So he wants us to—he wants to empower us. Let me just tell you, he wants to—he wants to help us be who he created us to be. But he also wants us to be empowered to go help others get free and discover that freedom, and we'll walk in that same truth. So it's a both deal. It's not either or. He wants, he wants us to be empowered. Uh, so Luke 4, 18, it says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. So Jesus himself is quoting that. Uh, Acts 10, 38. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Isn't that amazing? Love that passage. God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and power. He went about doing good healing all who were oppressed by the devil. So the bottom line is that the, this baptism, which means a complete immersion in, uh, with the Spirit, is what he really wants for us. Um, and so the devil hates that. Again, he doesn't want you to know the love of the Father. He doesn't want you to know who you are in Christ, and he sure doesn't want you to be empowered to be his, God's witnesses. You couldn't think about that. If if there if we really believe there's conflict going on between the two seeds, we'll talk about that in the morning. From the very beginning, the seed of woman, the seed of the serpent growing up simultaneously, and that this branch of God's people are or what God's using to defeat the enemy, then he's going to do everything possible to try to you understand the warfare it's going on. So he doesn't want us to know the love of the Father. He doesn't want us to know our identity in Christ. He surely wants to be empowered by the Spirit. So he's going to do everything possible to try to say, oh, no, that's not for today. That's passed away. Nothing's passed away. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The Holy Spirit is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he still does the same things he's always done. <clears throat> he empowers us and he gives us gifts. And he wants us to walk in the fullness of that. So Acts 1.8, he says, don't leave until you receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So usually there's some kind of experience when you receive the Holy Spirit. But the real issue is not the experience. The issue is power. The real issue is, are you empowered? I'll have to ask, are you empowered? Do you feel empowered to be who God called you to be and to do what he's called you to do? If you're not, then you need to say, I, gotta, I need more or whatever. I, I won't, you know, I'm not getting more of Jesus, but it's what it's really what it is, is the releasing control of your life to the spirit. Because we have a tendency to want to control everything. And what he is, he happens to be God and you're not. You know he has, you know, he sort of he thinks he's God, sort of, you know. But what happens is we we have a tendency to not let go. You know, I'm I'm going to hold on to certain things. Well, you know, you, he just lets you have them. Well, why not release and say, I want to give you all of me. I want you to feel all of me. Look at these, uh, page twenty-eight in the middle there. It says, look. 24 and 49, says, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. Terminology, again, is upon you. Acts 2, uh, in the middle there, it says that when the tongues of fire came, one set upon each of them. They were all filled with the Spirit, began to speak with other tongues. The Spirit gave them utterance. Acts 8, this is in Samaria. Now, Philip had gone down there and preached the gospel to them. They got saved. They thought signs and wonders and miracles. But he said the Holy Spirit had not fallen upon them. So they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So then the apostles came down there and laid hands upon them and they received the Holy Spirit. Uh, turn the page there. Acts 10, 44. Peter now is at Cornelius's house. since <clears throat> so while he's still speaking. The Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word and those of the circumcision who believed were astonished as many as came with Peter because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also for they heard them speak with tongues, and magnify God. Now, let me just make a point here. Uh, after the uh, Azusa Street for America, really the 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 outpouring of the Spirit in California in the early 1900s, it really ushered in a whole new era. But listen, the Holy Spirit had been working in people's lives forever. So that's just more modern time for us. That's where the Pentecostal, Assembly of God churches were birthed out of the Azusa Street. And the old line Pentecostal people believed that unless you spoke in tongues, you weren't baptized in spirit. It was the evidence of being baptized in spirit. What happened was is that we came along in the Jesus movement. In the 60s, with the charismatic movement, they, these are just terms, but it's the outpouring of the Spirit that birthed, that flowed across denomination lines. We went to every denomination, Catholic, I mean, Baptist, Presbyterian, it just flowed across and hit people all over. Um, really, be, people began to realize that, wait a minute, there are a lot of manifestations of the Spirit, not just speaking in tongues. And what we've done is, we've again, the enemy tries to box us in, so that it's all about speaking in tongues. No, it's not. It's about him. It's either outpouring, speaking in tongues is a gift. Go read 1 Corinthians 14. People say, yeah, read 1 Corinthians 14. There's not a negative thing in there about tongues in 1 Corinthians 14. And people say, well, it's, it's not as important as prophecy. It says to covet spiritual gifts. It's the same word that says don't covet. So that's a pretty strong word. Uh, and especially as you may prophesy. But he said, so there's nothing negative about that. God gives you the ability to pray unknown language for you. Nothing wrong with that. It's, that we'll talk about the battle of the mind uh, where you're able to pray. It says your mind is unfruitful. Most of our minds need to be unfruitful because they're active. They're still churning the whole time, usually not in the right way. So we need to learn how to pray and when our minds are unfruitful. But again, the point is not about about the issue of tongues. The issue is about receiving power from the Holy Spirit. Acts 19, this is a passage that God really used in my life. It happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus. Finding some disciples, he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Now, let me just set the stage there. When Paul went into an area, he would always ask, to see if there were people there of the way, because they were referred to as the way. It said later they were first referred to as Christians at, at, at a place, but they referred to as the way, because they were different they, they, in the way that they lived. You know, so Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. When you talk about a way to an Eastern culture person, you're talking about an entire lifestyle. I mean, we're not talking about it's that way, and we're talking about how it's like it's everything in your life is that. So they said, yeah, there's some people down there at the river. Why don't you go down there and, and uh, be with them, find them. And so obviously when he gets there, he realizes that there's something, there's something not right. So immediately Paul, who is spirit-filled, because Ananias prayed for him to be filled with the Spirit, <clears throat> and he says, I pray in tongues more than you all to a people that's supposedly having trouble with that. So he obviously picked something up. And he said, did you receive the Spirit when you believed? And they said, we've never even so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. What are you talking about? And he said, then what were you baptized? And they said, in the John's baptism. See, he's trying to find out where are they. Does he know something's amiss? Something's. He's going, where are you guys? Well, have you received the Holy Spirit? And they go, Huh? What do you know he's talking about? Hmm. What were you baptized into? John's baptism. That's right. I don't know where you are now. John's baptism was the baptism of repentance, and he was baptizing and prophesying that there is one coming, and they need to get their life right so they could receive the one that's coming because there's something new that's coming. The Messiah is coming. And he goes, He's come. He's already come. They go, Wow, really? Okay, so they received Jesus. He baptized them, and then let me go ahead and say, then Paul and G- said, John had he baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Now, these are just this is normal activity. Now turn the page there. And we're going to finish and I'm to pray for you. <clears throat> Luke 11. As I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it shall be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? If he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? If he asks for an egg... Will he offer him a scorpion? If you then being evil <clears throat> know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Very interesting passage. And what he've had I've had people tell me this that well, if you get, you know, people will, if you pray for the Holy Spirit, you know, you'll the devil will give you something bad. Well, that's just what he's addressing. He says if the son asks for bread, he's not gonna, you know, father's not gonna give him a stone. As for fish, he's not going to give him a serpent, evil. If he asks for an egg, he's not going to give him a scorpion. In Luke, he previously already said serpents and scorpions, and he refers to it as the power of the enemy. That's in Luke uh, 10. We'll look at that tomorrow. But the point is, he's saying, look, he said, no, no, no. If you ask, I'm going to give you. And what he's saying here, he says, look, if you're evil, and you wouldn't give bad gifts to your own children. You know, I'm not evil. How much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? So you need to ask. You need to. You need to say, Lord, I'm. I'm yours. I want you to fill me, baptize me, fill me, whatever you want to. Whatever you want to do, whatever terminology. But we need the power of the Spirit in our life. And, and it goes on. And Ephesians says to be you continually filled with the Spirit. So you know what's that all about. Well, I think there's, it's just, it's it's life. Remember Jesus washing their feet? And they said, Peter says, what are you doing? He said, I'm going to wash your feet. He goes, no, you're not. He said, no, you're not. He says, he said, now if I don't wash your feet, you have no part of me. He said, well, then wash all of me. You know, Peter, he's always one way or the other. Wash all of me. You know, Jesus said, no, five words already wash you. But 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 he's giving them a pattern of something. And again, walking in this world, we need to be continually filled with the Spirit. Um, does that mean an experience every time? No. Not, we're not talking about experience. We're talking about walking in power. We're talking about revelation that comes by the Spirit. That's what God wants, is that intimacy taken to, to a live level. Does that make sense? So I want to pray for us, and I want to pray that God would, would really baptize us in the Spirit. You may be here and you may say, I've been baptized in the Spirit. Well, let's pray for a fresh filling. And you may say, I'm not too sure about this stuff. Well, just be open to it. Ask God. Go back and read these scripture references and ask him and say, Lord, I want what you want. Okay? Father, we love you and we bless you and we thank you that you've not withheld any good gift from us. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you've come to fill us. And, Lord, we need your presence. We need you, Lord. We need you for ourselves, and we need you for to do what you called us to do. We need you in our life. We need you in every way. If you ever said anything against the Holy Spirit, I just say right now, I say, Lord, forgive me for resisting you. Forgive me for quenching you. Forgive me for, for resisting you. Um, and for believing lies about you, he's God, and he loves us. And just say, Lord, fill me. And he'll fill as much as you're willing to yield. So let go, let go of control, let go of holding on to bitterness and unforgivenesses and let go of those pains and let go of that disappointment. Let go of those things that we we I can't I just can't let go of that area. Give it to him; Say, fill me up. See yourself in your mind's eye, the Spirit just filling you like He would a vessel. Baptism literally means that that ship sinks. You no know, ship is in the water, and the water's in the ship. To see yourself just being filled from the tip of your toes, filling every bit of your body, filling your spirit, soul, and body, your mind. Come, Holy Spirit. We ask you, Lord Jesus, to baptize us in your power and your presence. We want to be empowered. Lord, we love you. We bless you. We thank you that you have loved us and given to us everything. I pray, Lord, that you would release the gifts, the manifestations of the Spirit. You said for us to pursue love, but to covet the spiritual gifts, and especially that we prophesy. I pray, Lord, that gifts of the Spirit would be released, that dreams and visions, that you, Holy Spirit, would cause our spirit man to come alive. That I, I, I just see it as the Lord flipping a switch, and it's like all the circuits come on. Lord, we want to be fully activated sons and daughters of God. Wow. Lord, we love you. We bless you. We just thank you so much for your amazing work. And we just bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this timely message. Pastor Terry and Susan Moore had a life-changing encounter with the Lord in August of 1982. They opened their home to a Bible study, which turned into a church now located in Carrollton, Texas. They have never been the same and hope that you encounter Christ in a real way. For more, connect to jterrymore.org.